0: Tell a thug narrator, my staff writer, model data, big threat to a lot of you haters. Commentators, ringside, try watching my paper. Watch almost it. a decade, quite impressive. Most of the best is in the essence, but it's rap shit that I stand for. Expanding more to the big screen, gay daydreams, but it seems you'd rather see me in jail with state dreams. Walk me off the scene fast, but good things last. Like your favorite MC, still making some cast. First rapper to bring a platinum black. back to the projects, but you still wanna hate. Be my guest. Folks, Shake that lappy taffy. It's uh, so bad it's good with Ryan Kardashian. Yeah, I've removed the, the last name Bailey, and my name will now be uh, going forth Ryan. Yeah, not even Ryan. Ryan, R-Y-N-E, Ryan Kardashian. This is so bad it's good with Ryan Kardashian. Welcome to Friday, folks. You did it. We started the week off. With Monday, and what happens, you, let me explain how a week works, you have the the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, Thursday, the Friday, and then, supposedly, if you're lucky, you get two whole days to recharge before you have to do it all over again, so we, you have made it, you have made it this far, and the weekend, hopefully will provide some kind of respite. You'll be able to do something cool. You'll be able to listen to all of the content that I've put out this week, hang out with friends, family, do all the cool shit, or just lay there. Just lay there like a bug in a rug and just... I. Do you guys do that? Sometimes you just... I just lay there. I'll just lay. I'll just lay. You know, and also, this is a really annoying habit that I've had um, my entire life. I, I like to... I like to fall asleep with the TV on. I like to be ensconced in media all of the time. Like I'll like fall asleep with like books on me or mags. Like I want all like I remotes on me, which by the way, I still, if I ever do shark tank, my invention is going to be like, I always lose the remote, you know? And I have this like fire stick remote and it's black and it blends in with my black sheets because I'm emo. So of course I have black sheets, but it, and, uh, I always lose it like it's like, and I'll lose it in the like, I'll lose it immediately. Like I'll be flipping the channels. I'll go to get a sip of water and then the remote's lost. And I'm just like, you know, where you're like slapping around you trying to feel like the remote. You're like, ah, but here's my idea. And if anybody steals this from me, I will sue you. I'll spend every last hundreds of dollars that I have to sue the pants off of you guys is I want to, okay, see how cool is this? And this is not nerdy at all. And in a way, I think this is kind of sexy. I think a lot of women would appreciate a guy that created something like this. Okay. So, you know, they have these things called workout gloves. I've never used one because that's kind of not my thing. But what I was thinking is you do like a workout, like a a form-fitting glove. You cut the fingertips out. But in the palm section, you put a place for the remote. So you like, it'll slide in and that way, you know, you put it on your dominant hand and you slide that remote in there. And that way, no matter what you do, you will never lose the remote when you're in bed or on the couch. Like it is right there in the palm of your hand, no matter what you do, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I think that's actually an excellent idea. I'm not, I I really love that idea. You guys. Um, Are we seven minutes into the show, and I already have a billion-dollar idea? How is not more people discovering this podcast? This is wild. Uh, Speaking of that, you guys, thank you so much for anybody that leaves reviews. They really do help. um, um, Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review if you like it. If you don't, just don't leave a review. I totally get it. But I know, and I want to say this honestly, there is a podcast out there for everybody. It's like that... Goldilocks and the Three Bears of like, this podcast is too long. This podcast is too short. This podcast is just right. And there is a just right podcast for everybody. And there is so much competition for your ears right now. Like, literally, anybody and everybody has a podcast. In fact, most of you listening, you don't even know this yet. You will have a podcast at some point in your life. It will be mandated by the U.S. government at some point. I mean, seriously, any actor now that you've ever seen on, like, Three things has a podcast. Dua Lipa has a podcast. For the love of God, Dua, why does Dua Lipa? I love Dua Lipa. Is there a reason why? Like, do it. You can sing and dance. Why? No, don't get into the podcasting game. Like, I what? Like that? I'm not trying to sing and dance. Why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? I feel like that should be illegal. Dua Lipa should not be able to do a podcast. I'm sorry. They should have, she needs to work hard at what she does. And I'm sorry, any of your favorite actors and actresses, uh, I you know, even label mates for My Heart Radio, I've got to tell them, it's like, yo, where were you in the beginning? You know, maybe if you had worked out a little bit more in terms of your acting and being good, you wouldn't need a podcast. Ooh, sorry, a thing just slid. I wonder if that was like God telling me to shut up. Um, but you guys know what I'm saying, right? Like, I feel there are people that, I feel like it's weird because podcasting is starting to turn into what people think of as a quote-unquote money grab. And I've got to tell you, my experience with podcasting is it's so far away from any sort of money grab. But people keep coming out with them. So I know the competition for your ears has to be wild. And I can't even imagine what it's like for you guys uh, listening and choosing what to listen to. I mean it's just gotta be I don't listen to any podcasts anymore. I listen to Up First NPR, which is like thirteen minutes every morning and I feel like, ooh, look at me, I'm all I'm all organized with the world. I know all the world events. Um Which, by the way, and and I don't mean to bring this down, but just to be aware, you know, we still are very aware of the situation in Ukraine. Uh, I have donated. I hope some of you, if you are able to, have donated. Uh, Be Strong, Bethany Frankel's uh, uh, organization, which you can find on her Instagram. is doing some amazing work. Uh, And if you really are having a hard time and not wanting to donate to that, reach out to me. And uh, I'd be happy to point you in some right directions for that because that stuff is still going on. And that is... I mean, that is just it's it's just a mess. And so we're going to disassociate and we're going to have fun today, even in the midst of all of this. But that's what we do now. You know, it's like every day there is a different tragedy. So the the best thing that we can do for ourselves is try to make each other laugh or try to be there for each other in some way to commiserate and be like, holy shit, can you believe these last three years? I mean, some of you might be like, yo, this has been the last 20 years, but it is wild. So um, I'm not ignorant to any of that fact. So I know some of this, I don't want this ever me joking to come off callously, um, because I'm very aware of what people are going through. But the way I've always handled stress, the way I've always looked at life uh, is through kind of like a dark prism of humor. Um, and uh, uh you know, and by the way, I always try to make fun of myself more than I make fun of anybody else. But uh, just so I'm now, I I literally have tripped myself. I'm like, where uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, basically, I'm saying let's let's try to have fun today. Um, we're gonna do the Real Housewives of Orange County recap because I got to tell you, folks. You know, the State of the Union was this week. Uh, and I got to tell you, the State of the Union, in terms of Bravo, the State of the Union is strong, folks. It is strong. I was like, dude, do I like all of the shows on Bravo right now? And even Peacock, Real Housewives of Miami, the reunion part one, excellent. You guys, Real Houses of Miami is there whenever you want to start. Whenever you want to start, it is there, and you're going to have a blast watching it. I guarantee you. Uh, Real Houses of Salt Lake City, first part of the reunion, great. Not, like, the best thing in the world, but good. Turns out Heather Gay uh, at one point got busted for a DUI and uh, use of an amphetamine, which I believe she told the cops was Adderall. Now, she pled that down to a lesser... Charge, I believe, and she was sentenced to two days in jail, which then got uh she was able to do two days of um, uh, volunteer work or something like that. So uh, you can read all about that. That has come out this week, but wild. And that was in 2012. Like I said earlier this week, I never understand with the housewives how, you know, if you're going to go hard on somebody like Heather goes hard on Lisa Barlow, you better damn well sure there's no skeletons in your closet because those shit, I mean, it's like, the fact that that, like, if I was a housewife, I day one, I'd be like, yo, here are the worst aspects of my life that has ever happened. <laughs> like, you know, and I'd be like, in third grade, I threw a piece of wood at Dan and Sheisman's face and it like hit him in the lip and he bled. Like, I would go, I would go super specific. So nobody at a reunion would be able to bust out like, you got to do, you got to do, uh, you got to do, you know, and I just think. I don't know. It's like, is there anybody above reproach besides Batman? Batman is the only one that I think is clean as a whistle. That guy is just a helper. But everybody else, we've all got skeletons. I mean, I just wish there was one person... And especially in Housewives where you're like, well, this person is awesome and they've not done shit like you can't get at them because they've not done anything wrong. But I guess the thing is, even wanting to be on these shows in the first place is kind of like the first thing that these people do that are wrong. Like normal people shouldn't want to be on these shows. It's just I mean, that's just it. Like no matter your favorite housewife or your least favorite housewife, they're all the same. And the fact that they wanted at some point to be on this show. And I think there is such a psychological uh, thing to be studied there of what it's—it's it, very akin to growing up wanting to be an actor, but not wanting to be an actor of like I'll take any—I'll e, take a you know a community theater in Boise, like I'm not that, you know, but like people that wanted to be stars because housewives want to be stars, and I—I I keep comparing it to, and I fell in love with this uh, uh, metaphor, this example of i, I think housewives now are truly like Saturday Night Live auditions. You know, you have all of these ladies. And by the way, I talked about this a little bit on uh, Dylan Hafer's podcast, mentioned it all on the Betches podcast yesterday. But I keep thinking it's very akin to SNL, where these ladies are auditioning now. You know, I always use the example of Jennifer Aiden bought a mansion to make herself more attractive for her interviews in Real Housewives, people are gunning for these spots. Like this is like Saturday Night Live when you hear like every comic actor out there who does impressions is trying to do SNL. And I think that's like if you are a wacky woman, like you, you know you're trying to be on these shows, which would kind of make Andy Cohen the Lauren Michaels of Bravo. Andy Cohen is the 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 circus master, the ringleader, um, and I just find. I don't know. I find the quest for celebrity so interesting, and that's why I like that we not only talk about reality shows and Bravo, but we talk about general pop culture uh, at at large because it all boils down to a quest for fame, a quest to be known, uh, which also is then in the end of just these people looking for a deep long hug you know like these people the desire to be loved I mean we all have that desire right we want to be loved we want to be liked in some way some people are more so wanting that than others but it's that it's that that approval that wanting to be special we all want to be special we all want to be beautiful and these ladies this is their chance in some ways um, we're just using housewives as the example, but it can be thing in anything. Like we do these in the smallest of circumstances, you know, like, you know, I would do a bunch of chores if I wanted to impress my mom when I was a kid, um, cause I wanted to be loved. Um, and this is just a very extreme version of that. Um, but it's it's great right now. Real Housewives of New Jersey, I think, is amazing. Like, in fact, it was so good. I was like, do I want to do a recap of this, too? I was like, damn, but it takes so long to, to take the notes and stuff like that. But I was like, Louie telling Teresa to like, yo, you know, I'm going to leave if you don't if you don't let me talk. And then he's like, tell Margaret, hey, it's the only way she's going to learn. And he's, like, beat red, like the Kool-Aid man. He's like, hey, 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 it's me, Louis, the Kool-Aid man. Like, bright red. He was purple last week. He was red this week. Louis is, like, the rainbow of Bravo at this point. Like, like, like is, is Louis, like, a mood ring? Like, what is happening to his face at all times? He tells Margaret at this scene in Jersey this week, he's like, I'm not, hey, I'm not intimidated by you. I'm not intimidated by anything anymore. And that really kind of reeks of like a super villain you know like where the more louis speaks you're like oh shit this guy is bad news like he's, you know he's like i'm very proud of what i did with the warrior workshop i got a tattoo on my chest to celebrate it and he shows the tattoo and i'm like yo dude like please stop talking this is not making your case any better and he's like i was with the bad woman and i was there because i wanted to say i'm sorry i'm sorry that i'm not able to marry you and all the ladies on a talking head point out the fact that, yo, on your, your video, you're asking her to marry. Like, can I come home and live with you? Can I come back home and live with you? My heart is sorry. And it's this this quality, I don't it's not a quality, but it's this thing we do now in in life where you have video evidence and people are like that's not what you're seeing like we gaslight things with even evidence now like people will boldface lie of like here's a video of Louis asking his lady to marry him one day if he goes if that is okay with you and then he's telling them in the scene he's like what i'm saying there is i'm sorry i will never be able to marry her because she's a bad she, she's a bad woman like, I'm like, yo, dude, if you're able to lie about, like, actual things that we see with our own eyes, like, we're getting to a point where nothing is real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where, like, at some point, you'd be like, you know, I'll be like, somebody would be like, Louie, come here. He's like, my name's not Louie. We've been calling you Louie all season. I'm not aware of that. I, I've never... I don't answer to the name of Louis. I'm not sure where you got that. Well, we've been saying it all season. No, 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 no. I think you're mistaken with somebody. Maybe that's a producer on the show, but I, my name's Randy. Randy, yeah, I'm, I'm Randy, so. Um, but it's great. It's. I think it's so good this season. And... Jennifer Aiden, what a little pit bull! The thing is, though, she is just willing to attack at a moment's notice. Now, Bill Aiden, who you know was real cheated on her, he just kind of dips out like when these arguments happen because kind of all started a lot of this based on what has happened between him and Jennifer, and he just kind of like we just see him lurking in the background or like going upstairs the back way trying to hide from the cameras, which is very smart because at the end of the day, Bill does have a real career, but and also. We are all fallible. We all make insane mistakes. Like every day, these horrible, horrible lapses of judgment, moral failures. And Bill, Bill, just the thing is, most of us don't have a reality show to call us out on those behaviors. In fact, that would be an amazing show of like. It's kind of like, uh, hey, I caught my husband cheating. Will you send a camera crew down to our house? I want to confront him. And so, like, it, it just feels like maybe maybe the world would be a lot better of a place if we did just publicly humiliate and shame people. Because <laughs> you can tell Bill is Bill has been celebrated for the last couple of seasons where, like, I was even like – Wow, I, I, you know, I'm not a gay man, but I was like, I think Bill's attract. Bill's, Bill's getting better looking, is not he? Bill's getting a, he's better looking guy. Which, by the way, falls into what the other thing that we do. Do you guys mind if I just, I'm just rambling, but do you mind if we do that? Are you guys have anywhere to go? I'm just gonna talk. I'm just, I'm enjoying talking to you guys. I'm, I was gonna rush right into it, but if you mind, I hope you don't mind. If you do, uh, I'll try to put a time stamp where the OC things, things starts. But the other thing we do is we always sexualize. Uh, anybody that we like now like anybody like i was talking about that earlier on monday with lex nico uh about like you know Zelensky in ukraine where you know doing amazing things what a hero has survived all of these assassination attempts and then you see on twitter you're like god i'd do anything to fuck Zelensky. oh my god what a hot piece of ass and i was like wait a sec Wait, just because we like somebody, we immediately sexualize them. Like it is it is kind of hysterical. It is something very of now. And you see it a lot with house husbands. You see like and also men, we they don't women expect so little of us. And with with reason that when like when Mauricio gives Kyle, like, a smile or, like, a you look pretty, they're like, man of the year right there. My God, he's hot. That is a man, that is a man and a half. I mean, shit, we started liking PK last season in Beverly Hills. We're like, does PK make sense? Oh, by the way, if you do a side-by-side comparison of PK's face, and this is my theory on that. You know how I told you guys a couple of months ago that they are filming a PK reality series like The Apprentice over in London. But it's with real estate, which is hysterical because they call him like a real estate tycoon. And he's just not like he's not at all. But TV's wild that way. Um, But you can tell they're trying to make him. I wouldn't say better looking, but I would see more palatable looking. If you look at all of his Instagram photos, how, you know, like he's done just these slight adjustments to his face, which I believe he did to be more TV ready. I don't think it's to be on the reality show Beverly Hills. I think it's so he can do this to actually be TV ready. Like there is just like the yassification of some of, it's like almost we expect our people on TV to be a certain look, a certain way. And I, uh, it's just funny. I always find that really interesting, but you know, Jersey's great because we always talk about the house husbands. You know, we always talk about Joey Gorga. We always talk about, uh, you know, Bill, like I said, Frank Catania, senior, and of course, uh, Evan, Jackie's husband. Everybody loves Evan. Um, And it it is, it's just, I don't know, like I, I mean, when you guys watch it, Like, is it just an added bonus that you get to see some dudes potentially with their... And by the way, Joey Gorga, they're all, like, the same kind of ripped. I talked about this, except for Evan. Like, Frank Catania and Joey Gorga have, like, the same physique. And I just, like, unless they're putting something in the Jersey water, I just don't feel like it's natural. And also, how many times have we heard now over the seasons that Joey Gorga likes to bang Melissa Gorga? Like, we had to be... We had to be assaulted with the uh, Melissa going like, yeah, Joey comes in. He's like, you want me to be a sexy firefighter? I'll be a sexy firefighter. You want me to be a sexy I'm like, ooh, God. Could you imagine being trapped in a room with Joey Gorga and him wanting to act out fantasies about, like, be like, what? Like, why don't you be a sexy DoorDash driver and go get me some food or something? Like, that's wild. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) like... Anyways, I'm loving Jersey. Like I said, loving Salt Lake. We're going to talk about OC. I I dig OC. I like this. I like Miami. It's like back to basics with Miami with just women and relationships and drama, of course. But just kind of basic character between what's happening with these ladies. You know, I think we were getting so used to that. That season on Beverly Hills threw everything into a whole different orbit in terms of reality. Like it was... A very, it was a really a, a, a spectacle of a season, and an amazing season. But we can't have that across all the... we can't, And you'll see on Salt Lake, where, where I remember when we were talking about Beverly Hills ending, and Salt Lake was beginning, and we're like, oh shit, if you thought that was... Wait till you see this season of Salt Lake, and we're all like, we're about to watch the most insane season ever with the Jen Shostoff. And we did watch an insane season, but it wasn't for the reasons that I thought we would. I mean, there was that one episode where, yeah, like the Homeland Security, we all it was like a gripping episode, but it never kind of fulfilled on any of its promises. We still don't know really anything about Jen Shaw's case. I mean, we've studied it all, you know, off the show. So we know a lot about it. Uh, but in terms of the show, the show didn't really give us any information. I mean think about it. The show never gave us really, you know, any kind of factual information about Mary Cosby's church. Of course we had the one gentleman, but we never that was crowd like, you know, shrouded in secrecy. I think that gets brought up more at the next reunion this weekend. But we we never got fulfilled on what we thought was going to happen, and I think that Beverly Hills season, we'll see what happens this season. But you can't keep up that pace; you, you, you just can't. I am beyond curious about what they do in this next season um, of Beverly Hills. No, will really determine, I believe, the future of that specific franchise. What everyone is ring? Ugh, creepy. Um, I do miss I do miss doing those recaps though I that's one thing that I'm like oh I can't wait to uh, to talk actual to get new scenes to talk about with them like OC is great like all of these other shows are great but man that Beverly Hills was just so fun to do. Um, let's do some quick entertainment hits before we get into the OC recap. Now, uh, breaking news, Amy Schumer, uh, opened up to Chelsea Handler about her decision to get liposuction. She says, I never thought I was going to do anything like that. I just want to be real about it. But she says she is loving it, that it worked well for her with the liposuction. So congrats to Amy Schumer, uh, her along with, um, uh, is it Wanda Sykes? Like, there, there is three hosts for the Oscars this this year. I think we mentioned this before a couple of weeks ago. And I just uh, – I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because I was like – I was not super psyched because I just didn't think – you know, in the past I was like – even like Whoopi Goldberg had had like a really successful movie career. Like, Amy Schumer's a movie star and Wanda Sykes I consider more of a TV star. Um, I just – I don't know. Like, I, I'm interested to see what they do. Maybe they'll like knock it out of the park. Um, but then I was like, "Am I? I, I don't want to be discriminating towards women." I was like, "Oh, do I not like this because it's three women?" And I was like, "No, I love women." Like, but it's it's like I wouldn't want Lisa Rinna, Erica Jane, and Kyle Richards to host the, host the Oscars. Um, okay, so who's hosting the uh, Re, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes? So those are the three the three people that are hosting. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. But like, also. Three – I mean isn't that the most we've ever had host at an Oscars? I mean we had the the one year with Steve Martin and uh, Alec Baldwin, I believe. We had one year that. We had – oh my god. Do you guys remember when they had James Franco and uh, – uh, what's her name? The Princess Bride. Uh, not, uh, not the Princess Bride. The, the Princess Diaries uh, that we all had made fun of because of all our speeches that one. God, am I – why am I blanking on the easiest things? Okay, wait, 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 we're getting it, we're getting it. Anne Hathaway. God, Ryan. Jeez, how do you not remember? So Anne Hathaway and James Franco hosted one year, and it was a disaster. Like, Anne Hathaway understood the assignment. James Franco, like, there was some kind of weird method acting thing. He was, I, It was so bizarre, so weird. Um, and we got our first uh, presenters announced, uh, and this is great. Our first presenters to sign on are Kevin Costner from the – movie Yellowstone. No, from the very successful T V series Yellowstone, which by the way, I was saying I finished season three. There's one more season and I don't want to pay for it. So we found out the good news this week that Peacock, uh, same uh, streaming service that's doing Real Housewives of Miami is going to air season four starting March 28th, you guys. So mark that in your calendars if you're looking for season four of Yellowstone and have not seen it yet. Uh, we also have Lady Gaga signing on to present, Rosie Perez, Chris, Ra- Chris Rock, and Zoe Kravitz. Now, Zoe Kravitz, uh, she is, let's just say, it, she's Catwoman in the new The Batman movie. And I saw The Batman and I'm going to see it again and I'll probably see it again I'll probably you guys don't even know I think I've spoken about this so many times but I am a Batman fanatic and I I just am like I am a freak for Batman I used to go to Comic-Con like it was just my my thing with Batman if you guys will indulge me was that the guy doesn't have superpowers so in, 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 a, in, an, in a way, you could be like, well, I could be Batman if I wanted. Like, I could be a superhero. You're not then – you're then having to realize, well, his parents were billionaires and, like, that really helped because he was able to afford a lot of cool bat toys to fight crime with. And my parents were not even close to, you know, 10000 heirs, you know. but But I always thought as a kid, I was like, shit, if I train hard. If I really train hard, like I thought being a superhero was a a career path until I was like embarrassingly old. Like when I was 14. Like, I was also the kid of, like, should I get bit by a spider to see... Like, I was like, you know what? Let's just test it out. Maybe a spider bites me. Maybe I become Spider-Man. You know? It hurts for... Hey, one second of pain for a lifetime of glory? That's amazing. Like, I was that... I was that kid. Like, I still am. That kid that just fantasizes. That just sits there. I'll have deep fantasies about winning the Powerball. But I'll never actually buy a Powerball ticket. It's that kind It's like that kind of inaction on deep, deep fantasies. It makes no sense at all. But, yeah, like, I love batman for that i was like this dude you know and then i was i mean you try to rationalize it i'm like how is this dude doing this without any sleep because i'm like oh man i need like at least six hours to even function how's batman doing it and they're like he trained he trained as a ninja eastern medicine like all of all of this wackiness but the movies were just i remember as a kid seeing the 1989 batman came out on june 21st Nineteen eighty nine, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Bassinger, with a beautiful, amazing soundtrack by Prince. If you guys haven't heard Bat Dance, wow, there was a summer where all I did was play that Batman Prince album. Like, think about it, Prince did a whole album just around Batman. It still blows my mind when I think about it as an adult. As a kid, I was like, Yeah, this is totally normal. This guy's doing Bat Dance, do it. And I had all of these uh, like a Batman cap that I would buy all these Batman buttons and I have this hat with like 60 Batman buttons all over it. And I would just wear it as a hat thinking it looked cool, but it was just like a Batman logo with 60 buttons on it. Like, you know, like I'm like, how did I ever think this was cool? I had all the Batman. Com- I still get back. I still get some, I, I get hardcover graphic novels now. So they look classy cause I'm an adult, but I would growing up in Olathe, Kansas, Comic books back then were like 75 cents, and I would take the money from my piggy bank that my parents would put money in, and I would run over to the Seven Eleven by our house, and I would just have to make it fast and so my parents wouldn't catch me, and I would buy, you know, whatever comic was there, and I would go and voraciously read those comics, but Batman was always my favorite. So I have so much Batman shit and boxes and stuff, because that was the sad thing with the divorce was, you know, I... The last house me and my ex lived at, you know, I had like kind of a man cave. There was like a thing off the garage. Like a con- like not – I wouldn't say converted garage because it was like cement and stuff. But me and my mom kind of fixed it up and uh, we put all my toys out there. I had all those pop things. It was just disgusting, you guys. It was disgusting. And that's why it was like so sad when we split and packing up all your shit And you're like, what the fuck possessed you to buy all of this shit? Are you out of your mind? You know, and you're like associating this with pain now. You're like, I don't know if I like Batman anymore. But it was so silly, you know. I I mean, I still – I got a Batman popcorn tin the other night at the movie theater, and I was pretty excited about it, actually. But I got to be careful about shit like that. I'm staring at a Batman action figure right now, you guys. Um, So I remember going to see that. Oh, you guys. And this was the coolest thing. I remember this shit. Like, I'm so into stuff. Like, I remember – Uh, we were in Billings, Montana, because we were traveling with my dad on work trip, and he would drive us uh, to all of his, you know, there would be a couple, like a month every summer where we would just, he would load us all up in the car, and we would travel from place to place while he was doing sales calls. And I remember on June 21st, we were in Billings, Montana, 1989. And My dad was going to take me to see Batman or take me and my sister to see Batman and my mom. But my sister, we had Kentucky Fried Chicken the night before. My sister got sick from it. So my sister was not able to go. So then it was just me and my dad. And I was a Batman freak, you guys. Like, I'm even telling you, I have a VHS where I would tape... Any, like, if Entertainment Tonight like, interviewed Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, I would tape it. There's a tape where I have just footage of Batman from 1989 of all of the Siskel and Ebert movie review. Like, I was obsessive, just like I am about the Housewives. Um, but I have this tape of just everything. But, anyways, I remember going to the movie theater, and with your ticket, they gave you this um, it was like a Warner Brothers pamphlet of all the Batman toys. That they were making and like the leather jacket and all of this shit. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get all of this stuff. Like it was just, but also I knew I could never get all of that stuff or afford all of that stuff, but just to have the pamphlet. And I'm like, where did that pamphlet? I need to look and see if eBay has one of those pamphlets. It was like, I just remember it so vividly. Um, and then I remember Batman Returns coming out three years later with Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Michelle Pfeiffer. And at that point, we had moved to Arizona from Kansas. So we'd lived there now. And I remember the mall was at Fashion Square Mall in uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, they opened a Warner Brothers studio store. Now, if you don't remember these stores, uh, Warner Brothers, you know, pretty much released their own store of all their their you know their characters, like the Bugs Bunny, the Batman, the Flash, all of this stuff. And they had these amazing, they had these really these three amazing posters for Batman Returns, where it was like character shots. It was just the character on a black background. The Catwoman is just burned into my memory. But like even in my room, I had a six-foot-tall poster of Batman standing, and it was on the back of my door, um, which, by the way, like my, I was talking with my buddy Dusty last week when I saw him, and we were talking about the posters that we put in our room. And Dusty had like Nightmare on Elm Street, and he had Lost Boys, and he had Alyssa Milano, and I had uh, Batman... I had an AIDS ribbon poster. I had the Spike Lee, Michael Jordan poster of when he used to direct the, the uh, commercials. I had a Michelle Pfeiffer collage. Like, I mean, the, I mean, what the fuck did my parents think I was like? I mean, my parents have just been worried about me nonstop when they would see the posters in my room of like, I can't tell you who this guy is. I cannot tell you for the life of me who this guy is. <laughs> Um, that's just a loving soul that's all so I remember the Warner Brothers studio store was awesome because you go in there and you just dream about all this shit like whoa you know and I just I always thought Warner Brothers that released the Batman movies had like the coolest movie studio logo you know like paramount universal but warner brothers that was always my jam like it was a warner brothers i was like i am loyal to warner brothers because of batman so the batman you guys i talked about it a little bit the other night but 3 hours long it is a hefty movie now since i do follow the batman comics it is the closest to the comics of if you if you read and i don't i imagine there's 10 of you that's listening that potentially read the batman comics but it's it nailed the tone I just don't know what normal people will think of it. Like, it's not a fun movie. It's not like Marvel movies where it's like, yeah, the hero wins. Woo. It's like dark, man. It is a – it's gritty. It's grisly. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of desensitized to stuff like that. So I keep hearing people say, like, oh, it's like a cross between Seven and the movie Chinatown. And And I see what they're saying with that stuff. But – I was never particularly scared. There was one image of the Riddler that scared me, actually, which is – but I thought they just did it so well. I just don't know – like it's that thing when your favorite team plays a game and you're just praying that they win. It's like I loved it. I don't know if anybody else is gonna love it, so I hope but I hope it does really well because I want them to keep making more of these. And it it's definitely a shot in the dark. Like who does a three hour dark movie? Like this movie potentially should have been rated R, but I'm like I'm like, who would bring their kids to see this movie? Like I don't think this is a kids movie and I wanna say like kids go sneak in, but it's like it's dark. Like it it really is. I just I dug it. I dug it, but I'm curious. Wow. We really... Thank you for letting me talk about this, you guys. This is like an exorcism for me. <clears throat> but if anybody sees it, uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, other news. Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset. She let us know via her Instagram stories that her home was targeted by a home invasion last night, which is very scary. She uh, And she has like 4K cameras everywhere, so it's two gentlemen. But they had like quadruple pane glass, So they heard a lot of banging, and the glass just never broke. But my God, that is scary. Man, I always have nightmares about burglars. Is that what we – burglars? Do we call them home invaders? But anyways, that's scary, and it seems like that is so – the norm now in in Los Angeles, I mean, we're going to deal with that on the next season of Beverly Hills. Uh, Dorit, uh, Dorit's home invasion, I hear, is going to be a big storyline this next season. Uh, have you been following this case, the Sherry Papini case? Um, now, there was a lady that was saying she was kidnapped uh, by... Uh, 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 Two Hispanic women This was in November 2016 Now we're not a true crime podcast But this was an interesting story Because she said she was abducted And Uh, She was later found, like, Thanksgiving Day, about 150 miles away from her home, and she told law law enforcement that she was abducted, held at gunpoint by two Hispanic women. They even did, like, sketches of this, and, like, people were on the search. Her cell phone had been dropped from, like, like 10 miles from where she was found, and they were always, like, suspended. Like, she had kids and a husband. There's always some, like, kind of question on what happened, but they were able, this past week, to match DNA... Um, taken from uh, mysterious DNA taken from uh, her clothing and they matched it with the father of her ex-boyfriend and it turns out she was holed up with her ex-boyfriend during this time and went missing. We don't know the motive or anything, but also she made it look like she broke her own nose and shaved off her head when she was dropped off and uh, so she is going to go to jail for this. This is 2022 but it is wild. I mean, this is what I talk about. You know, have you seen the movie Gone Girl? Or just, you know, human behavior is just wild. Like, what is the story there? And you don't you always think about like, okay, what are the things that could get me to that spot? Like, do you ever wonder about like, okay, like that sounds insane, right? But like, if we make thirty different wrong moves, could we ever get to that get to that space? You know, like what would cause you to do that? Life is so crazy. Oh, speaking of that, I was reading, do you guys follow Humans of New York on Instagram? They had this amazing story yesterday and it was told over 13 slides. Um, slides, of course, are just like, you know, pictures on the uh, their Instagram feed, but it highlighted, uh, so it's Humans of New York NY, Humans of NY, and it highlights the story of this woman Who is just was this is just an incredible story about, you know, marrying a man uh, that turned out to have a double life. But then it was also inspiring about this lady picking herself up by the bootstraps and, you know, being just I don't know. it it, For some reason, it just touched me and it was eerie. I don't know. I I can't really do it justice. and I'm not going to read through all 13 slides because it actually is very lengthy. But I thought it was just uh, another example of how wild this world can be. and uh, But at the same time, with hard work and perseverance, you can make miracles happen. You can move mountains. It's, it's really – we need more of those things in life of pointing out the fact that life is fucking hard and it's fucking scary and people sometimes do really bad things. But then you can actually pick yourself up and make your life the life that you want it to be. It's just hard work. But I love that. I love when, you know, it's not just Wine and Roses. They point out the difficulties of life, too. I think that is so important. Um, of course, now, I somebody on Twitter said, you gotta chill out with the Kanye stuff. And first off, ma'am, this is my podcast. I'll kind of do what I want, and I hate to be rude, but... Uh, it's just like you're wasting your time. If I'm interested in a story, that's it. I'm very fascinated with the Kanye and Kim story because that is pop culture. Love it or hate it. And I'm going to have strong opinions. I've been with uh, Kanye West fan from day one. Like, honestly, I keep talking about that. This documentary called Genius that I keep talking about by these two gentlemen, Cody and Chi Uh, is just a cootie sorry cootie and Chike is just amazing like it the third part is is wild there's three parts of this each each part is an hour and a half and i think each part is fascinating in its own way and the third documentary like these guys had access to kanye from day one and you get to see the progression and then you get to see like kind of kanye go off and be famous and and these guys get kind of pushed to the outside and Cootie, one of the documentarians, starts documenting his own life and having a daughter. And it's, like, really beautiful. Like, I, it was another thing that was kind of ins- inspirational. Is that Kanye is undoubtedly a genius, even though he annoys the fuck out of me for calling himself a genius. But also, I, I like I said, you got to always wonder, like, at what point is it not helping people? There's so much negativity. Now, I got a lot of messages. Are you going to speak about the, the music video he just released for his song Easy? Which was Claymation... And it uh it was burying Pete Davidson alive. Uh flowers are going out of his head. We know it's Pete Davidson because he uh he has dark circles under his eyes and just looks like Pete. It's just really stupid. And you know, most people thought it was as frightening as I did. Um but uh one one lady wrote me and said, Well, you know, Am I the only one that doesn't... You know, this is kind of like tongue-in-cheek. This is kind of like celebrity death match with the claymation. And I totally get that comment. But unfortunately, we have to look at patterns of behavior, whether it be the housewives or our celebrities or even the people in your own life. This is a pattern of behavior. Kanye didn't get what he wants. He did the same thing with Amber Rose. Remember when he dated her before Kim? And remember Amber Rose was with um, uh, black and yellow, black and yellow. What is that? Uh, two chains. Two chains. Um... It's a beautiful name and Kanye went after two Janes making fun of how skinny he was making fun of like you know it just that's what Kanye does but the, the pattern behavior is kind of scary because when you get a man that is now worth that much money and is obsessed with power as one of his uh, best rap songs talks about you just never know right um I was watching something D.L. Hughley uh the comedian said that made so much sense and I've been kind of saying a similar thing of like why are we all just normalizing this? We're just we're kind of laughing at this because it's Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians kind of at heart suck for a lot of reason, a myriad of reasons, and they've changed the culture in sometimes a very negative way. Like I don't care if Kim now is discovering all of these. You know, I, I like Kim. I like the path Kim's life's going on, except you know she recently made her Maybach, her private plane, all that. She wrapped them the same color, and I'm like, okay. You're 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 just as bad as a Russian oligarch, um, but at the same time we we laugh at this shit like we almost like like but I feel like we have this tendency to do that with a lot of women. Don't you guys feel that? Where it's always like we're more understanding of the men. We're more understanding. Well, you know, he's going through a lot. He lost his mom. He lost his mom. He lost his mom twelve years ago, and his mom seemed like an amazing, loving lady that really was one of Kanye's rocks. But that's no excuse. And you say mental, mental illness, mental all of that stuff. And by the way, the third part of the documentary really kind of shows a couple of those moments. And then I thought it was so classy that the documentarians had never seen anything like that before. So they stopped filming because they just didn't think it was right to keep filming Kanye ranting. Which, whenever I hear Kanye rant, whether it makes sense or doesn't, I just get exhausted. It's the same thing with Russell Brand for me. I mean, it's the same thing with me. Look at me. I'm babbling. I mean, you guys must be rolling your eyes at certain points don't roll your eyes right now you guys um but we have this insane tendency to not believe women to blame women and i'm a dude and i even notice this like this i don't it's another way where it's like just men have this insane power and i you know i just i don't know it's like i've heard people make the Wildest excuses for Kanye, like the wildest. And it's just because he makes good music or has made good music in the past or something. And it's like he keeps talking about helping humanity. And it's like, when are you going to do, when are you going to start doing that? Then, then start helping humanity because what you're doing is putting so much negativity out there. Because of what? Because of Kim Kardashian? You're literally dating a Kim Kardashian lookalike, which you're dressing and running around town with, was just so embarrassing on so many levels. Also, where, like, where the fuck is God in all of this? You have a religious awakening, and then you get to pick and choose when you believe in God and when you choose to obey His commandments. You know. For all those people that you might have brought towards religion or believing in a higher power, what are you doing for them right now? Are you showing that it's like, well, you know, I only believe it until until something bad happens in my life. And then I'm going to really hurt Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, of course, in, uh, in it must be retaliation. Uh, a story got pushed yesterday that he has signed up for a uh, uh, Jeff Bezos space flight on his uh, – his space thing he's doing, remember he went, uh, they're doing, they're trying to make it like travel into space. People can pay to do this. And Pete Davidson has now signed up for one of these trips, which I thought would be like, of course, you want to get the as far out of this fucking place as possible. Because by the way, Kanye, you might be like, oh, he's crazy. He's wild and all that shit. But like, I don't think, I mean, like literally this is me making excuses. I would hope he would never do anything, but you never know what an obsessed fan will do for Kanye. He's told people to shout Pete Davidson down in the streets. Can you imagine how scary that fucking might be? Is it really worth Like, you're like, well, he's a star. He's, he's on SNL. He's on the, You know, like, fuck that. Like, you think it's worth being on SNL if you're screamed down every day and people threaten to beat you up because you're with Kim Kardashian? At some point, that can't be worth it. I was reading an article about Billie Eilish. And Billie Eilish got so famous on that first album, and it was before she made any money, and she couldn't afford security, and she had like people showing up to her house. In fact, one guy she had to get a actual restraining order because it got scary. She was still living at her parents' house in Los Feliz, I believe. Los Feliz, I believe, uh, and they they show that in the the um, the Apple TV documentary that I think it's called "The World's a Little Blurry Right Now" that came out a year and a half ago. I don't know. Time means nothing. But you see that she's still living with her, had her parents' small house, you know, they all grew up in. And I'm like, imagine that. Imagine the world knowing you. Imagine how many people. Most people, 98, 99% of people are amazing. And then there's 1% that are just not right yet, you know, like they just need help. And they're obsessed with you. Remember, we come from a culture that... A man shot John Lennon dead in New York, coming out of his apartment building with a copy of J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye in his possession. Like, people do crazy, crazy things in this world. So I don't really think it's, like, fun. I think, and also, you see this documentary, it's just so in my mind lately because... He's such a gentle, sweet soul in the beginning of this documentary. He's putting his retainer in and out, and he's creating just these fucking masterpieces at his age and just doing like just this amazing work ethic, all of this stuff. And then to see it now where he's kind of like – he's leaning into the character, the archetype of the thuggish, quote, thuggish rapper – of uh you know he's leaning you know all leather all this you know and it's like you know that you know it's like anything it's like madonna when she would change like personas with each album for a while or lady gaga does that and i guess kanye does that as well but i'm just not loving the hard kanye i don't believe it i don't believe it and also it'd be scary if he really is starting to be hard kanye uh we have now a new story that they are not going to work out a um a custody agreement, because that would not work out with Kanye's schedule because he is traveling all over overseas, so it will be an informal custody agreement, which just screams this is going to be a problem. I just foresee major problems. Don't you guys see like just like this ain't gonna be this ain't gonna be great. Um, but we'll see. High hope. I have high hopes. Um so that's gonna happen. Uh but once again he's complaining about being a father and in this uh news release it said um you know they've been able to do this successfully so far whenever he's expressed interest to see the kids he's been able to have them he took north to the super bowl he was able to take some kids to his basketball game and that's great but i want to point out to people remember when connie wasn't thought he wasn't told where shy's birthday party was and he had to reach out to tristan thompson and travis scott who finally told him where it was, but he went on Instagram saying he was being kept from his kids, all of this stuff. So it's like any bump in the road, you know, Kanye is going to come screaming to us, the public. He's going to make it our business. He's going to make it our issue. Um, so I'm like, if if the kid thing is wild, because if it really does mean that much, maybe build your schedule around your kids. You know, is that off face to say? Maybe build the schedule around the kids if it means that much. You work your ass off at all these other projects. Maybe work your ass off with your kids too. So you don't have to scream about this. Now, this is only the information that I've been given. Maybe I am off base. Maybe I'm not getting the correct information. But this is what it reads like it reads like he also likes to have something to complain about. So we will see. I just, it's just, you kind of read enough of these stories. That you're like, oh, I don't think that's going to work. Which, by the way, the law filing, like I said the other day, Kim is now officially single, declared by a judge. And she has now changed her name back to, like I started this show with 52 minutes ago, Kim Kardashian. She has taken the West off. She is back to Kim Kardashian. Um, so it, it'll, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see. Anybody get the Donda stem player yet? I'm still so curious about that. I'm still very curious. I just don't think I want to... I don't have the money to spend on a STEM player, but I also don't think... I don't know if I want to support... I don't know! Damn it. Why can't Batman release a STEM player? That I would feel very comfortable getting a Batman STEM player. You guys, thank you so much for being here. We just did 53 minutes of just me rambling, but hopefully that is enjoyable for you. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will be back with Real Housewives of Orange County. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Folks, here is the part of the show that I love every week when we get to talk about our advertisers. And we have two great ones sponsoring So Bad It's Good this week. The first one is a company that is new to us called Smart and Sass. That's right, folks. Smart and Sass. Now, We all know adulting is bullshit. I think I've managed to put that in every episode in some sort of way. Uh, It's an onslaught of what the F's at least 20 times a day. But sometimes, you know, we just need a break from the day-to-day drab. Maybe a couple of cuss words, maybe me, your favorite podcast, a middle finger or two, a few great laughs. Whatever it takes to put adulting in a timeout. Now, you need smart ass and sass. The subscription box that will say everything you want to say, so your mouth doesn't have to. Um, this is actually great because this got sent to me, you guys, and I didn't know this was an advertiser, and so they sent me this amazing box of goodies. Like there was like a stapler and all this like fun stuff, and I was like. I didn't even question it. I was just like, sweet, somebody sent me an amazing box. I didn't even look into it. I was just like, sweet. But it turns out that is smart ass and sass and it brought so much brightness to my day. And I'm excited because I now get to tell you that's what it was. And you guys can have the same excitement that I did with a box of goodies showing up to your house. Um, Smart ass and sass items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team. A group of really mouthy mofos who want you to get a good laugh in your day, and I feel like I should be working for the s n s team s n s partners with some of the best small businesses to bring they partner with the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month now snarky, I feel like I love the word snarky I think it gets a bad rap because most snarky people are good hearted people, so feel free to be let let your snark flag fly free because snarky is where it's at and i did love the snarky items in this box set um uh what i was thinking too is that even if this box set isn't for you like this monthly subscription service it could be for a friend it could be for your daughter. It, I mean it actually really is cool. Just try it out for 1 month. Each big box contains one SNS designed t-shirt and it has between 7 to 9 unique items and it's valued at over $90. That is well that's a lot of money. So subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. That's S A S M A R T A S S A N D SASS.com and use code SOBAD for 10% off your first subscription order. Uh, and also follow SmartAss and SAS on social media for your daily dose of attitude. The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Um, our second product today, our second advertiser today, you guys—they are old friends of the pod. Our, co- our friends over at Anna Luisa. Now let us give it up for Anna Luisa Jewelry. Um, they're the real deal, you guys. I am so excited about this one because when I told people that I know that Anna Luisa was—you uh, know—they were—they were sponsoring the pod. People actually know knew already what Anna Luisa. Uh, was, and that, I was like, oh, oh, well, yeah, well, you know. They're advertising on the pod. <laughs> so, Ana Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They are 100% carbon and water neutral, but also really, really pretty, if you ask me. And you know your boy is a jewelry expert. Not a fashion expert, but I really I know my way around jewels. Um, their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. You can even layer the necklaces together. I love Women when when women layer necklaces, I think it really genuinely think it does look really cool. Uh, Anna Louisa, that's A N A L U I S A, has timeless jewelry for any occasion. Uh, A great ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries. A dainty bracelet for when you pick up an iced coffee. A luxurious necklace that makes your friend think, "Whoa." She is making a lot of money with a necklace like that. But the best part is Anna Louisa Jewelry starts at only $39. The prices are incredible, and with our code SOBAD, you can get 10% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. At Anna Louisa, that's A N A L U I S A, their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list a friend, a partner, a sister in law, a daughter to spoil, or even yourself. Just spoil yourself. You have the credit card. Spoil yourself. Plus, the gift guide on their website, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to browse most gifted options. Do not, do not feel shame in going to the bestsellers page or looking at what they recommend. That's how I do it at the Old Navy website, you guys. I've told you this many times. I am not imaginative, and I need to be shown how these things work. And Ana Luisa does that. They take the work out of it for you. So while you're getting yourself a new necklace, why don't you throw in one for your sister, throw in one for your friends, throw in one for everybody. So go treat yourself and your loved ones and use our code bad to get 10% off. I absolutely recommend them. They are a great brand, making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. That even my mother loves because she's the one that got the samples that they gave me. So go check out uh, shop.analuisa.com forward slash awesome. So that's shop.analuisa.com forward slash awesome. And then the code is so bad. Now I'll put that all, all of that stuff in the uh, show description. Um, so just go there, and this stuff really does help the show out, you guys. I swear to God. So, if you are looking to buy yourself a little gift or somebody else, really go to Ana Luisa. Put in so bad, get the ten percent off. Get amazing jewelry. I mean, that's really that's the name of the game. So, and uh, now, without further ado, back. To our show. Okay, you guys, we uh we're coming back from commercial break. I spent the last two hour. Man, I don't know. Is something? I'm not. I don't follow astrology and stuff, but I'm looking to blame it on something. Is I mean, I just had like three or four calls slash interactions where everybody is going through it right now. I hope you guys are okay. I hope this isn't. I, I'm I'm guessing. I'm just going to blame it on the moon placement or whatever we do in astrology when things go wrong, because I'm like, holy shit, Whew, I don't. I got to just lock myself inside and stop answering my phone or just even, ugh, ugh, anyways, okay, let's do this, Real Housewives of Orange County. Now, this is season 16, episode 11, it's called Wined, Dined, and Rined." R Y N E D. Now, <laughs> you know, we always try to, you know, so obviously, uh, this is an easy one. Obviously, it's going to be something involving wine, dinner, and Rhine, which of course is uh, his name used to be Ryan. Now it's Rhined, R Y N E D. And he did that as an adult. Now, I have to listen. We all, like I said earlier, we all want to be beautiful, we all want to be special. Ryan changed his name to Rind, and that's fine. Ryan? you know we we have to have a discussion about Ryan later on. And it's very interesting. Finally, Dr. Jan, old cement leg, uh, she finally shows up. We finally get to see a little bit of her battiness, a little bit of her her housewifeness in that final scene over at Heather Debro's place, which if you don't watch, I hope you guys you still can listen to this. It's still, you know, just have it on in the background. Um, I was just talking to Meditza about the show. And she's like, "You don't cover any anything that I watch now." And I'm like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" I should listen to the first hour of this one. I just talked about a bunch of just pop culture stories. So I'm sorry if I don't cover the shows that you guys watch, but I'm I'm gonna see if I can potentially maybe just like do a do like an episode. I don't know. I gotta think about this. Do an episode a week of like quick takes on, like, 90 Day and Love After Lockup and stuff like that. It's just hard. Like, the scheduling of this thing is so hard because there is so much stuff to talk about. Okay, anyways, already getting distracted. How did, like, dude, dude, Danny Pellegrino is the perfect person at this. He puts out, like, 53-minute podcasts. They're super funny. Greatest hits. Which, by the way, Danny's book comes out next week, I believe. It's called How... How do I unremember this? I believe, and you guys got it. Or I'm sure you already ordered it. If you didn't, you gotta like because that's Annie's going to be on Watch What Happens Live on Thursday, I believe, or Wins and Jackie uh, Goldschneider is going to be on with him. But like that's huge. I mean, that is huge. Like like I've always said, like him, Watch What Crappens, um, uh, you know, uh, Kate Casey a little bit, like you know, they are the blueprint. For what I do, these guys—I mean—they really have been doing it so well. So it is interesting. It's like sometimes I feel like I don't have the manual for this. Like I don't have the the instruction manual on how to do this perfectly. So it's it can be messy and it can be self indulgent and it can, you know because I just you never know what the right answer or the right way to go is. But these people have found that over the years, and it's you know super impressive all that they they do, and it's just so. Uh, deserving of all of those people. I mean, there's so many great podcasters out there, uh, but we gotta we gotta support because that's just like that's wild, man. That's like so cool, and uh, hopefully, we'll be hearing Danny here in a couple of weeks, um, and we'll we'll talk all about his book. Uh, anyways, okay, so Real Housewives of Orange County. Remember, we start off um, the episodes of these Bravo shows where they'll show us all the flash all the flashbacks of everything that we've seen this season so last week we had Shannon micro dosing on weed which is just she was like I'm fun Shannon <laughs> Um And we see, like, Shannon's, like, going, I'm going to pee my pants. By the way, if you smoked weed with somebody and they were like, I'm going to pee my pants, would you continue to smoke weed with them? Um, We have a scene of Noella talking to Emily, and she's like, I'm fighting for every single day, every single inch of my life. Because her voice goes really low. It's always a whisper. Life, maybe. Um, and then we have Doctor Jen telling Heather to bro. Ryan packed his bags last night. Every time she says Ryan, though, I just get so tripped up because my name is Ryan, and I wanna. I feel like my TV's broken because I'm like it's Ryan. Even when I say Ryan, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, we have. Um, Emily talking about her dad not being around there a lot when she was younger. Uh, We have Heather inviting Gina to a New York trip, which I feel like they've been teasing this whole season. It's like, go on the trip already. We have Emily uh, asking at the end of last week's episode to Shannon of like, are you jealous of Gina's relationship with Heather DeBro? And Shannon's like, no, Gina's ego needs to put a pin in it. It pisses me off. So Shannon is not fun. Shannon at the end of last week's episode. So we get the opening do 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 do, do. Um, and we open up at Emily's house with uh, her husband Shane and the kids. Uh, Emily's uh, stepdaughter. Shelby is FaceTiming with her daughter, Annabelle, uh, answering questions for Annabelle about her Mormon baptism. She is getting baptized in the Mormon faith, which we had found earlier in this season that that was going to happen because Emily had kind of relented. And was like, you know, yeah, I want I want my kids to believe in something. I want them. And I've thought about this so much lately about, you know, the beauty of religion, not not the not what it can. It's a really dangerous thing, religion. I always use my mom as an example of my mom makes me want to believe in religion or believe in a higher, you know, just because my mom takes such faith in it when she was going through and she still is going through her, her cancer battles, you know, she, she, yeah, I, it's a source of great strength for her. And why would you ever take that away from somebody, uh, somebody else? I always think about that. So uh, Emily, it seems like is kind of in that mind frame of too, of like, I want them to To have that, to be able to lean on that in hard times. Um, And uh, I don't know. So I found this whole conversation kind of interesting. Um, And uh, so Annabelle asks Shelby how it's going to feel like. And Shelby's like, you're going to feel warm inside. You're going to feel super happy Right after. That's what you should expect. And I'm like, oh, my God, you just described me losing my virginity. That's amazing. Uh, Emily says, it just makes me emotional. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know if this is menopause or what. And Emily's tearing up, like, right there on the couch with Shane and all that. And she, by the way, Emily does cry like three or four, not full on, like, bawling, but cry. Like, you know, Kyle from Summer House cries. You know, maybe actually Kyle's crying harder than Emily, but Emily's doing it a lot of, you know, that menopause. If it is menopause, that's a bitch, man. I hear you ladies get, like, over—like, you get all sweaty and heated and stuff. Like, I've been going through menopause my entire life, if that's true. But, like, it's supposed to be really, really insanely hard. So we cut to that scene. We cut to Max, 17. That's Heather's bisexual daughter who just wrote that book. She's parallel parking in the OC, and she's getting honked at. And Heather's like— Max you want to back in the car and she's like what the fuck mom oh shit I'm sorry and it's like you know if I was Heather Dubrow's kids I would I like I feel like you should never curse at hey, your parents probably in general but to curse at Heather and Terry after they put a airport hanger over you get to sleep underneath an airport hanger you get to sleep underneath a football field mansion and you're going, you still have the audacity to curse at her in a car that your parents probably bought. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Max knee. Like I would have loved in that. Scene, it was a very quick scene, but I would have loved if it ended with Heather uh, putting 17 year old Max over her knee and just giving her a spanking, just giving her like, Hey, we're going to do this on camera until you learn. Um, we got to uh, John. John. John Jansen. I'm John Jansen. Shannon's boyfriend. John Jansen. John Jansen. Hi. Firm handshake. John Jansen. Um, Shannon's boyfriend. They're they're at John's place. It's Shannon, John, and her two daughters, and it looks like they're having lunch. Uh, John and Shannon, it looks like they're drinking some wine, of course, and uh, Shannon's like, you girls, you girls— there's, I know there's a lot on your plate right now, but I pay allowance money and you got to do chores if I'm going to give you the allowance. And the one girl's like, yeah, no, I get it. She's like, the last three weeks, I have put the trash cans out myself without even being reminded. And I've cleaned up Stella the dog's poop. And John's like, that's a good job. Okay. uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's uh it's a, just a fun family environment do you remember like i would remember like the chore charts did you ever have that and, like saturday in our house we would clean the house and you'd have your thing and it's so funny you think about it now and you're like god that was the easiest fucking thing in the world to do those chores but when you're a kid you're like no are you kidding me I have to empty the trash cans. I'm growing. What are you? T- Why is this? This is induced labor. What are you doing to me? And now you're like, what the fuck was I bitching about? So Are you kidding me? I just had to empty like six trash cans. Like, and I got like $5 for that. Are you kidding me? I'd kill to do that. I do it for free right now. Um, so then we cut back to Emily And uh, Emily's still on that couch with Shane. She's like, thanks, Shelby. I appreciate you talking to Annabelle. You know, this is just going to be great. Shane takes the iPad from Emily. And Emily tells Shane, that was so sweet. Why did it make me so emotional? And we see this is Emily's other stepdaughter. I think Chanel is on the couch. And they put up a Chiron with like Chanel 15. And there's like this brief moment. I've seen this episode like two or three times now where Chanel looks like Perturbed, or she potentially looks like a ghost because she has like a mean look on her face, and Emily and Shane just ignore her completely. And I'm like, wait, what is going on? I need Chanel's story. It's like all of like a three second thing, but it's like they're having a conversation. They're passing an iPad over Chanel, and I was like, I don't even, I didn't, I've never, I don't even remember Chanel. I don't even remember, you know, I I always forget about Shane's step- stepdaughters. Um, so Emily says, uh, Shelby seems so different. She seems so grown up and so happy. And it makes me think that could be Annabelle. And Shane's like, certainly, certainly, which is a good thing, Emily says. And in talking head. Emily says, I don't have apprehension about her being baptized in the Mormon church. And then we have a flashback of earlier in this season with that dinner with Shane, where she is like, I want them to follow in your foot shape. <laughs> I want them to follow you in your footsteps, Shane. I would like my daughters to have male pattern baldness. No, she was just like, I I really like, you know, I really like what this religion has done for you, Shane. And um, Emily says, if you had asked me two years ago if I would have been agreeing to this, I would have said absolutely not. Uh, We go back to that scene. She's like, I don't know why I get so emotional, Shane. Just I want better for my children than I have, than I had. And he goes, they have that. And she goes, my dad, he wasn't around. He left, you know, and you, you follow your kids around everywhere. In a talking head, she reminds us again, my parents divorced when I was six and my dad wasn't around very often. I don't know if it had to do with my mom, um, if he, if she alienated him from us, which is a very interesting topic. I don't know if there is a foundation of a father daughter relationship. And when I do see him, I think he's the coolest guy ever. I wish I had had my dad around me my whole life now. And Shane goes, well, we wish a lot of things. but," And then Emily goes, you're a good man. You're a good man, Shane. And then he goes, I don't need a stack of vaginas for gifts. I'm a one-woman man, and you are my woman. And then they're just laughing, like, (laughs) ah! Because the last Real Housewives of Orange County episode, remember, it was Noella stacking a stack of vaginas um, for—they never made it clear. At first, she said it was for— uh, Sweet James's birthday. And then she said it was her birthday wish. So we don't really know what the stack of vaginas was for, but Shane, it seems like has not been able to stop thinking about it. He is thinking about flapjacks. He is thinking about the stack of vagina pancake picture. Um, so we cut to Heather Debro. Uh, they, she's pulling up to this restaurant, Malibu Farm, or she's getting dropped off at Malibu Farm by her driver. She orders a silver patron and soda, and she's like, and on the side, can I have some lime juice? And can I also have champs as well? And then Shannon Medore walks up, and, of course, Shannon's heels are getting stuck in the wood board slits uh, outside. She's like, whoa, whoop, whoa, 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 whoop, ha, he, whoop, ha, ha. Um, I also do want to point out that Shannon – have you guys seen this? Shannon's in a postal – like some kind of postal company commercial – And it's really distracting when you're watching something and then Shannon – like she's on like CNN and shit. Like Shannon Bador, she's like, I like to mail things with Postal and more. And you're like, oh, no. Like I – it's just – it's bizarre. It's bizarre when you see your housewives on different networks. It really – it feels very disconcerting to me. Um, so Shannon sits down, Heather says, I wish someone would clap for me because I didn't fall in the cracks of the wood slits. Then Heather DeBro's friend Tawny, T A W N I E why do I spell like you guys are going to like, oh, thank you for that spelling. T-A-W-N-I-E. Okay, I got it. If you're following along, if you're having a scorecard at home or it's T-A-W-N-I-E, she walks in, Heather's friend, and she ha- even has more ridiculous shoes. So she's falling in these wood slats too. And she goes, <laughs> ladies, I dressed up today. And she's wearing this like leather Madonna bustier thing, which kind of like cups the... The boob, I don't know how to explain this. Dr. Jen comes in and you can tell because it's like, it's the cement leg being dragged along those wood slits. And she or she's like, can I get a super filthy, dirty martini? And then we have a flashback to Jen ordering a super filthy, dirty martini two weeks ago on that episode, which I'm like, why do we need like, okay, so she likes those. Why do we need a flashback of like, I, I trust her. And Dr. Jen says, well, that is going to be a refreshing drink because I have had a day. And Tawny says, well, I had two glasses of champagne before I even got here. Nobody's asking you, Tawny. T-A-W-N-I-E. Nobody asked you what you would drink before you got here. Heather asks, well, Dr. Jen, why was your day so stressful? And she goes, well, I just had the most straight stressful day because of my relationship. You know we 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 stop, you know, we we had that fight and we haven't talked yet. and Heather's like, "You haven't had the talk." And she's like, no, I, I want to do the talk in a professional setting or it'll get worse And in a talking head, uh, Dr. Jen lets us know, I feel distance from Ryan. I, you know, it was humiliating what we went through the other night. And there's a flashback of Ryan saying, uh, on that patio when they, you know, Dr. Jen was trying to force the conversation and he was like, I would rather not talk about this. That's enough. That's enough. And he was just like petting Mr. Giggles or whatever their dog's name is. Like, you know, he's attached to that dog. It's very reminiscent of Ken and Jiggy from Vanderpump Rules, um, so Dr. Jen lets us know, well, Ryan then decided to come home the next morning and yell at me. And then I had to go to work, and it's an exhausting cycle. It's it's up and down and up and down. And then, ladies, I got this email at work saying that the mortgage wasn't paid. And then I get panicky, and I call Ryan, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I need someone calm, like somebody that will be like, I'll handle it. It's been a mistake. But all he did was like, oh, so I just get yelled at. She lets us know, which by the way, this is I've been in these kind of dark relationships where it's just You're like, both of you are fucked, you know? Heather says, You got to figure out what Ryan's love language is. And Shannon pipes up. Fun she goes, When David left, I wrote him a letter. Cause you know, you have a conversation, but you not you don't know what's going in one ear and out the other. And four days later, he came home. But maybe that's something you know. Maybe that's something you should do. Shannon, are you legitimately offering your friend advice about a husband that wants nothing to do with you anymore? And you're saying, she, like, literally, I I thought I was like dreaming. She go. When David left, I wrote him a letter because, you you know, he goes in one ear out the other. And four days later, he came home. <laughs> four days. I love she's like, it was such a strong letter. It would have been eight days if I didn't write that letter. The letter really quick. <laughs> now, now I so bad if my reality show museum, if I could get a Shannon Bedore, David, please come home letter. Are you kidding me? Oh, David, don't you cry for me? I'm Shannon from OC, and I need you to come home with me. Uh, Doctor Jen says I tried to explain it to Ryan in basketball terms because Ryan is a sports guy, and Doctor Jen is like, I told him we're on a court together, and I'm passing you the ball, and I need you to catch the ball and throw it back to me but ryan you're not catching the ball but you're walking off the court and then i have to win the game alone which i will win the game which is one of the most bizarre part of that for me was when she was like i will win i'm like wait you're still you're wait you're still in this game you're still wait what Also, Dr. Jen, there's no way you would score the win, especially with that cement leg on the basketball court. Like, There's no way you'd be able to get—you do need Ryan, but just, like, you can't win the game by yourself. But also, it's just so antagonistic of, like, telling your partner, like, you're fucking up. You are fucking up on the court, brah, you know? Uh, so Dr. Jen says, um, oh, no, Tawny. Tawny goes, you're going to make me cry. Like, Tawny, what are you on? Like, what? She, you're going to make her cry because of the basketball comparison? And Heather goes, the truth is you can't win the game alone. And Dr. Jen says, I need him to catch the ball. And, uh, you know, Heather's like, Terry, you know, isn't good with feelings either. And Shannon goes, most men aren't. And Heather says, me and Terry, we have been together 25 years, and we will have these arguments. And he'll go, we've been doing this for 25 years. I already know the outcome. We cut to a 2013 flashback from the show where she tells Terry he's being annoying because he wants uh, onion rings at this uh, dinner party. And uh, Heather's like, I finally told Terry. Let's change the narrative. Let's change our narrative. Uh, And then we cut to Terry being given the onion rings at their house groundbreaking party, which you know you're rich when you have a house ground, like to break the ground before the builders start. It's like, Jesus, God. Um, But Terry's like, oh, there's my onion rings. It really is those like simple little things that do make you happy. But I love Terry. Terry, Terry, DeBro bro is just. He's just a live wire, man. He loves love. Um, So, and then Heather goes, and then I got jewelry out of it. And Dr. Jen says, well, I did too. You know, I make fun of Ryan because he wears this gold necklace. So when he was in Hawaii, he got me this mini gold necklace, probably to mock me. (laughs) So she gets this gift and then finds a way to be like, he's making fun of me by this gold necklace how dare him but she started off with i make fun of him for wearing this it sounds like legitimately this feels very much like katie and schwartz from vanderpump rules with more money uh and (laughs) so they're all laughing and tawny goes i love humor i love it Donnie, stop it, Donnie. You're not a, Donnie. You're not a housewife. Sit down. <laughs> Heather says, well, when did that happen? And she's like a few weeks ago when he was in Hawaii. And Heather says, Dr. Jen, he passed the ball back. He passed it back. You didn't catch it this time. And Heather says, I am going to be your go between. I am going to be your relationship mentor. And Dr. Jen's like, what? And she's like, I am. And Dr. Jen says, amazing. Um and Heather goes. Jen is in a clearly in a make or break moment. We get a flashback to a week ago where Doctor Jen asks Heather, "Can me and Ryan come over and see an example of how couples work and like you know how normal relationships with and like you know work and just have fun?" I always love those flashback scenes where only one sentence is uttered because you're like, man, you got a you got a film crew out there just to get this one little sentence. Like, oh my god. But also, can you imagine like viewing the debros like under glass like at a zoo? like you just <laughs> you just watch them be a couple? That sounds like the worst poten- potentially the worst zoo. You just throw bananas at Terry. Um, but uh, I love that they're using this and it, I guess the the question that a lot of people are asking is is this was this like a a thing teasing their show because you know they have the seven year itch that just premiered, I believe, on E this week so you're like is this is this part of promoting their other show even though they don't mention it heather in a talking head says i have navigated the years and up up and down with life i have done it all tawny says hey you need to read the book men are like waffles women are like spaghetti and then dr jen says that sounds very carby (laughs) they all just laugh they just laugh they just laugh. Um, <laughs> is that a real book, though? I thought it was men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Is there a book? Men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. Like, dude, why? Like, just, just like, just say men are different than women. Like, what? I mean, what are we doing here? What are, um, so we cut to commercial. This is when I saw the Shannon Bedore postage commercial, and I was like, no. Uh, we come back from break. We cut to Noella. At her friend's house, it's a blonde lady named Kenny, I believe. And she's four. And she's like, we celebrate good news, right? And Noelle's like, of course. We're going to have champagne. And we see charcuterie laid out and all of that stuff. And Noelle says, it's it's all the way. She's pouring the champagne. She's like, it's an all the way to the top of the glass kind of day. And then uh, Carrie's like, how was the mediation? And she goes, it was kind of crazy, you know, I could see um, mediation, I could see the airport from the building, I could see his Gulfstream jet. And uh, Carrie's like, was he there? And she's like, he wasn't physically um, there, but the one thing he really pushed for was mediation. I wanted to do it in person, but he FaceTimed in, and we were in two separate rooms at the end of a very long hallway, and for him to not show up. It's pretty gut wrenching. Girl, wait, you requested not to even be in the same room with him. Why is it gut I couldn't understand like I get like symbolically if you want to go there, but like why would you do you guys don't you know what I'm saying? Like, why didn't she FaceTime in as well? Like we don't like even the lawyers are like, We don't need you here. No, I'm coming. And she says and the whole thing is sad and, you know, he just wanted to discuss money and it wasn't about all of these other things about love and stuff like that. And uh, Carrie's like, did he ask for any personal stuff like his wine? Um, that is $1,500 a bottle. Um, and by the way, that the whole time I was like, is this one of the girls that were, were in the stack of vaginas? That, I mean, I was like, I don't know. Anyways, Noelle goes, Zip zilch he wanted nothing no specifics about the art the furniture the tom ford clothes the tom ford shoes the, the twenty thousand dollar Boodle bertolini shoes um and uh, she's like, I wanted this. I said, I want this golf bag. Let's change the names of this. And I want I want the details of this. I bought the golf cart. I bought the golf cart. I mean, the insurance for my son's educational fund. It sounds like James wasn't even in the room. His thoughts, his concerns, his heart, even his hate. It was silence. After six years of so much noise, the joy and excitement in your child. It's just silence. There is nothing I can get from him for closure. I need to do it on my own. And Curry's like, Make yourself happy with what you have. You can't fix him. Only you. And then Noelle's like, Yeah, and I have great friends like you. And Carrie's like, Thank you, love. When you visit me, I like. <laughs> and she goes... And then Noah's like, I got you in the divorce, Kenny. (laughs) These scenes on OC always ends with laughter, but it's like awkward laughter. It's like, I'm angry laughter, but I'm covering it up with like a giggle. Um, Also, I want to address something. I said this on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, people seem to get it. Twitter, people wanted to fight about it, which is always Twitter is just a miserable, miserable place. Most of the time, which is fine. It's like, okay, it's Mad Max on Twitter. Um, but I compare Noella to Frankenstein, or more so Frankenstein's monster. Because I feel this is what sixteen years of watching Housewives has done. I believe Noella completely watched every season of this show and all the Housewives. I believe she's a fan. And she has been raised on this stuff. So even internally you pick up on stuff. Even sub like, you know, subconsciously you pick up on stuff. Even if like it's why I don't listen to other reality show podcasts, because I don't want to just point blank steal, because sometimes you don't even know you're stealing. Sometimes you don't even know you're taking somebody's idea; It just pops in your head and it goes out. So to cut down on that, I don't listen to that. But you can tell, like, she's watched all of this stuff. So it's like a housewife on steroids. She's picked a little bit of this housewife, a little bit of that housewife. um, Because we've all now watched these shows. So you can't help but be affected. You can't help but go in these scenes of, like, I remember a scene like this. You know, like just subconsciously you're going to do this. But the weird thing is, so it's a housewife on steroids, right? You would think that would be so exciting. And sometimes with Noella it is, but it also rings kind of hollow to me. Because remember, she's first season. So you don't have the multi-season arc with a lot of these other housewives – I could even use Erica Jane for an example. I don't like her, but people sometimes are more willing to go there with her because they've seen her over multiple seasons. So, it's like, girl, you're throwing everything against the wall. Now, I appreciate that she's a foil to Heather Debro. I do. But sometimes it's ridiculous cuz like, girl, you are one season right now. Just chill out. I'm not saying she's not entertaining at all to watch. And the other thing, people, I once again I have to remind people, I'm not asking her to be fired. I'm not ask, I'm not even She's not going anywhere, anybody. But a lot of people seem to agree with that. Twitter, of course, was like, you comparing her to Frankenstein is just, something doesn't sit right with that. And I'm like, Yo, Frankenstein's monster was literally made out of different human body parts from a bunch of different humans, and that's exactly how I feel about Noel. And then, of course, it comes around where somebody wanted, somebody said it was uh, potentially racist and homophobic because I forgot—I even forgot that uh, Noelle was bisexual, and uh, and I know she is uh, multi-ethnic, I believe. Um, but I—that I mean, it, I. I want like, dude, listen, I'm sure I do microaggressions all the time, but I can't go there with her. I mean, I guess you, everybody can decide if that's a racist statement that I made, but it's like Twitter loves to get upset too. But to me, that's a valid point. And the, uh, the other argument you always, well, why, why isn't this behavior on other housewives? I'm like, Dude, you don't know me. I talk about Jen Aiden this way. I talk about Jen Shaw this way. I've talked about Lisa Rinna this way, where it just becomes a caricature of themselves. This isn't unique to Noella, but I do notice this happening more in seasons now because – these ladies that we talked about in the first hour of this show, trying to get on these shows, they throw everything at the wall. They want to be entertaining. They want to, like, we still don't know the first thing about this fucking divorce. It's weird as hell. And we still don't have really a lot of answers. We're hearing a one sided thing. We saw some Instagram videos from Sweet James, but it looks like he wanted out. And it looks like there was a lot of weirdness on their relationship coming from both sides. Uh, I do think he is probably the ultimate bad guy in all of this if there has to be one. But it's interesting. I still. I don't know what you do. Like, I mean, it's like, that's my opinion. I like that. You know, it's like, you can argue with me. That's just my opinion. And by the way, if you love Noella, love Noella to King, like let your freak flag fly, man. Like be the biggest Noella fan that you could ever be. I love that for you. Honestly, I'm just not like, I just... I appreciate it. I like the weirdness. But we've also come to a thing in the show where you can tell not a lot of people want to film with Noella anymore because she's literally started shit or made it weird with every cast member now. I mean, I think save Shannon Bedore. I think Shannon's the only one kind of potentially fully in her corner. Emily's given it a shot a lot of times. But you even since with last week's episode, Emily was just at the end of her rope with Noella. Now, it doesn't mean that Noella is not going to... Um, get more used to this, get more comfortable with this, and we might see a different Noella next season. Who knows? This truly might have been a tragic point in her life. But what we do know about Noella is she campaigned to get on this show for a long time. And remember, this is Bronwyn Wyndham Burke's friend, right? We saw her like in the background on like one or two episodes last season, and she's been trying to get on this. She was going to be on this One way or the other, she really wanted this. And uh, remember, she's not friends with Bronwyn anymore. And I almost feel I would love to talk to Bronwyn, her feelings on Noella, because I have a feeling Noella potentially stabbed Bronwyn in the back. But Bronwyn, I think, taught her the game. And you can't be upset for somebody that uses your playbook and does it potentially better. Uh, But that actually is more of the story I'd like to see. I want to see the story of somebody being thirsty, trying to get on these shows rather than just like, ah, Heather, you're just being ridiculous. Cause it's just, there's no foundation for it for me. I, I can't go there. And I like, cause I'm not saying, uh, Heather Dubrow a perfect housewife. No, not at all. Are you fucking kidding me? But it is funny. The things that Noel has tried to get into fights with her about, it doesn't hold a lot of weight for me. But if you have a different opinion, like I always say, amazing. That's amazing. Um, so that is pretty much the only scene I believe we see with Noella this entire episode. We cut to, uh, we see some inner little, little. we see the beach, we see a street basketball game, just fun, exciting stuff around the O.C. Heather DeBro gets out of another car. She's let out by her driver and she's carrying a bag that says Debro, like inscribed on it. we're at Gina's little condo casita. um, And Gina is inside cleaning up shit on her floor in the kitchen. You know, just classic Gina. Gina welcomes Heather. And I was like, oh, no. Because remember, Shannon Bedore went into Gina's uh, condo last season. And it didn't go well. And it turned out to be a major plot line with, like, Bronwyn and all of that stuff. and um, Or maybe it was Bronwyn coming over and then she told Shannon. And Shannon made fun. Who knows? But it was just like. Gina was made to feel bad about her living accommodations, which is kind of unfair in a lot of ways because it's like, yo, Gina can't, like, it. it's not Gina's fault she's not rich as rich as these ladies, just not. The fact that they're putting her on this show, it's like already it's an uphill battle for Gina a lot of the times just to keep up with the Joneses. Like, Gina has her own circle of friends and even her boyfriend Travis that are kind of the speed in which she lives, and she surrounds herself with people like her. These other, like, it's, it, I would love to talk to Gina about that, actually. But anyways, um... Heather has like stuff and and Gina's like, did you bring me clothes? And Heather's like, kind of, we're going to go through your closet. And she's like, I brought you two jackets. They're two different sizes. And in the talking head, Heather's like, she's launching a business and her clothing needs to reflect that. And there's a flashback of Gina telling Heather at the racetrack uh, a couple episodes ago. And she's like, I have my wedding dress and my prom dress still. Oh, no, I just, I have all that. And Heather says, um, if you ever want me to purge your closet, you know, I would love to be your fairy god, Heather. Like th- this episode, Heather really had her nails into all of the housewives. She was doing This is what I feel like the producers pitched her on. Like, if you come back, we will let you do makeovers on all. We'll let you Ally Sheedy Breakfast Club, all of these housewives. And Gina goes, I don't have champagne button like you do. We have to open our champagne with our hands. And then she's like, here's the closet. And um, we get to the closet and it's just like, I have a feeling she cleaned up a little and it's still a fucking mess. Gina in a talking head, she's like, I think we can both recognize that my tour (laughs) – my tour of the apartment of my condo is a little shorter than Heather's. And she goes – Gina's like, this is a shared bathroom for all six kids that live here. And Heather's being very nice. She's like, oh – This reminds me of being in college. And then Heather's trying to give a compliment. She's like, Six kids live here and it's not ravaged. The bathroom looks fairly clean. It's just so, it's just great. It's just great. I love it. We uh, go into the closet and uh, Heather's like, Holy shit. Oh my God. I see claws coming out of that crawl space where you put your wedding dress and your prom dress it's scary in there and heather goes we need to purge let's see your prom dress heather says uh we get out the prom dress by the way it looks like it it i like when did when did gina go to school it looked like something potentially from the early 80s or something and heather says well you are never wearing this again and she makes her put it on it's like a yellow dress and She's like, you really think I should get rid of my prom dress? And Heather's like, it's time. And uh, Heather's loving a lot of the pieces. But she's like, there's tags on everything, Gina. And she's like, oh, I don't go anywhere, but I like to shop. It's kind of like my Old Navy addiction. I used to have. I don't do it anymore. I'm waiting to get into my fighting weight before I really go crazy at Old Navy. But, oh. And also, I just want to like, if you, if you buy Old Navy full price, you're a sucker. My big thing was to always wait for the 40% off coupon and then just fucking hit that thing, you know? Um, So, Gina's like, oh, I got this piece from eBay. (laughs) Heather says, Gina doesn't understand her personal style yet, even though she has three kids and has lived a lot. I want her to live a little. Gina they They pull out a jean jacket one of Gina's favorites, and the pack you guys is completely torn out like it is a huge circle, and she's like, "Don't make me throw that out. It's my favorite." <laughs> I'm telling you guys, there is a huge, like there is not, it is like the neck and the front part of a jean jacket. And Heather says, she has some nice pieces in there, but she can't even see them. She can't do it. You know, it's a weird thing. These clothes need to find a new home and not her home. In fact, these clothes don't need to find any home. They should find a trash can, I I believe. And uh, Gina is trying on the pink leather jacket that Heather brought to her, the belt is tangling, and Heather's like, you can use the belt this way, you can use it this way, and then we crawl into the crawl space, and Gina gets her wedding dress out, you guys, and she's like, this has always come, to, come with me everywhere, and Heather says, do you want your daughter to have it, and Gina starts crying, she's like, You know, maybe, maybe, or her daughter's daughter would have it like baptism gowns. And it just makes me sad. I never thought anything would be different in my future than the day when I wore that dress. And letting go of this dress makes me let go of this life I thought I would have had to let it go. Even though I'm so happy now, I have no doubts or regrets. It still doesn't not make me sad. And yo, she's dead on right. Honestly, like being in somebody who's been married, like what I was thinking after she said that, I was like, Oh, I wonder what my ex did with her wedding dress. And then that made me really sad. And it's just really sad. You know, it's really sad. There's no, you know, it's like those things will hit you sometimes because you're dealing with other people's feelings. You're dealing with your own feelings which you got to remember to deal with your own feelings as well. But I did think I was like, oh, what did my ex do with her wedding dress? And it made me so sad because on that day, I don't know. You just, you're not thinking, you're not thinking. So I totally get it. I totally get what Gina is saying in this moment. Um, And Heather says, well, what if you did something fabulous with it? What if you gave it to someone who wouldn't have had it, who needs it? Which I'm like, who who, who needs it? Yeah. And Heather's like, time to let it go, man. And Gina says, yeah, it's just a dress, man. And uh, Heather's like, you're going to make some other bride very happy. No, you're not, Gina. But I totally support you throwing it out, you know. Uh, cut to Emily's in the car with her kids. We are at Annabelle's, Annabelle's baptism reception at Shane's parents' place. Who Shane's parents have a nice house. Um, we see Lizzie. Remember Lizzie from Real Housewives of Orange County? Emily's friend, the swimsuit designer. She's there. We cheers to Mormon baptism and drinking afterwards, Emily says. Um, we meet Emily's sister, who's a surrogate, and her daughter. Everybody's, Emily's crying again. We find out that Shane did the blessing at the end, and he spoke from the heart. And she's like, "That was so good, Shane. How do you how do you do that?" And he's like, "Well, you know, you get up there, and then the spirit takes over. That's it." And by the way, I, I had uh, I have a I when I growing up. When I got to high school, I had a lot of Mormon friends and that was very much of like the spirit takes over and you just follow that. Which if you think about it, it kind of takes away like fear of things like that. If you're like, well, this is God's plan. And uh, so whatever, let's just roll the dice. Emily says, "Um, so the spirit, someone tells you what to say? he's like, yep. Uh, So the baptism, the baptism ceremony was very beautiful. Emily said, Uh, Shane dunked Annabelle in the water for the baptism. And it's a beautiful thing to see between her husband and her daughter. Um, And uh, she's like, we've been married for 13 years. And this was the second time I've seen him cry, Shane, in 13 years uh, about his daughter getting baptized. And once again, Emily says, you are a good man, Shane. A lot of Shane love from Emily this season, and it's making Shane more attractive in our eyes. Um, Emily in A Talking Head says, we didn't have anyone guiding us along when we were kids. You know, I, I, I wish I had had the dad that Shane was. And it makes me sad. I don't know what that's like they they're really hitting the storyline over the head like every like they really must have discussed this cuz they keep bringing it up. And Shane, uh, you know, after being said that he's a good man, Shane says that her boobs are lopsided in her dress. <laughs> That's really what he said. So we cut to Gina walking into the baptism with Travis her boyfriend and Gina says, "It was beautiful. It made me cry." And Emily's already falling on the lawn. Emily loves a good fall on Things. she just loves to fall she's a faller she's a baller um and uh gina and emily go off to talk at her daughter's baptism reception that's going to be the wild thing with these shows is that we're going to have these intense talks potential fights at major life events of your family <laughs> there's only a few people in the world that will understand what housewives have to go through with their families um so Emily's like, you're going to New York soon, Gina. Remember when you told me Shannon was jealous? And um, I I uh, got to admit, this is me drinking too much, but I told Shannon the other night. And she's like, I had had six glasses of champagne. And in a talking head, Gina goes, this isn't my first day of high school. I knew it would potentially get back to Shannon if I told Emily. And I'm not saying I didn't want that not to happen. So she's saying she kind of did that with the intention of Emily drunkenly sharing it. And, uh, uh, Gina is laughing at this and it says she is, uh, she, because so Emily's relaying what Shannon said the other night and Gina's like, she's starting to really piss me off. There's not much more Shannon I can take. That's what you get out of me. You don't know me at all. If that's what you get at, that, you think I'm conceited and I talk a lot about myself. You don't know me, Shannon Bedore. I'm pissed. Shannon, seriously? We cut to the beach where John Jansen and Shannon are holding hands at the quiet woman. We're back here. And John goes, we haven't been here in forever because <laughs> they go here every night to drink. And Shannon's like, well, my booth. Shannon has her own fucking booth at the quiet woman. And the manager comes over and goes, huh, long recovery. Like even the waitstaff is like, you're back. Um, they both order skinny margaritas, uh, Casa, Casa Amigos Anejo. And then they're like, thank you, Julius. Like they're, they're on a first name basis with the waitstaff at the quiet woman. And, uh, Shannon goes, I was surprised hearing the doctor talk about my energy levels recently. You know, maybe it's my hormones and my low libido. And then we get the flashback of the doctor saying, if you aren't metabolizing food correctly, you will start having issues with your sex hormones. And John says, hey, hey, Shannon, I'm John Jensen. Your libido isn't low because it is fine, your libido. And Shannon in a talking head says, we both said to each other that we haven't experienced this level of innocent. In- we, sorry, I'm tripping up because I'm truly disgusted. We have not experienced this level of intimacy with no one else but each other. I, and I'm just like, whole oh. could you, am- John Jansen railing Shannon, railing fun, like John Jansen's like, make sure you don't wear underpanties tonight. I'm John Jansen. <laughs> I want to see those knockers. <laughs> hey, fun Shannon. I'm John Jansen. Let me see those knockers. <laughs> Let me get two scoopfuls of your butt. Yeah. <laughs> ah, hey, let's put on sexy music and dance. I'm John Jansen. Um, Shannon goes, it's like, I didn't know some of this stuff was possible. And then I was like, what kind of stuff she didn't know was possible. She's like, holy shit. The penis goes in the vagina this whole time. I had no clue. They ordered the meatballs, and the shrimp cocktail, both phallic. If you think about it. And Shannon brings up to John Jansen, she goes, you know, I had the girls over for lunch and Heather brought up Gina's skincare line and I have a skincare line. And Gina told me that I Emily told me that Gina said that I appeared jealous. And John says, that is so irritating for me to hear. You, man, I think John has like, ah. he's like angry. John says, that is so irritating for me. That is irritating for me. We are going to work that out in the bedroom. I'm John Jansen. And I talking head, it's Shannon and John Jansen in this talking head. And she's like, I don't know where to go with my friendship with Gina. It goes back to Heather's sushi party. I'm confused where her statement and judgment are coming from. I think it's arrogance, which like, guys, get over it already. Like, come on. And John is like, she needs to back the fuck off. That's what she needs to do. I'm John Jansen. She needs to back the fuck off. And uh, Shannon's like, why didn't she bring that concern to me? And ask me, and I would say, of course I'm not jealous. And John says, it's like she finds things to make you look bad. Damn it. I'm John Jansen. And uh, (laughs) Shannon's... Shannon goes, when she said, when she asked me, do you even have friends, that was the meanest thing that she has said to me. We get a flashback of two months earlier of Gina, Gina literally asking, how many best friends do you have? And uh, Gina goes, at a certain point, you got to look into that. And John says, that is beyond mean. That is cruel. And I don't know where the hell she gets off to make it look like that. Shannon Bedore has no friends. You have a million friends. You have confidence. You are super attractive. You've got... You've got curves. You've got junk in that trunk. You know, God, you got you. You're everything. God. And you just tell Shannon's like female boner. She's like, ding. Shannon's like, ooh, you reminded me of Dirty Harry right there, John. John Jansen. Um, and Shannon goes, maybe I'll say to her, my feelings were hurt when you questioned whether I had friends or not. She's like, I need to get to the deeper core issue because there's just literal cruel comments keep coming my way from Gina. And uh, John says, I've never been anything but nice to Gina and to Travis and to everybody. But I see the behind the back comments and I don't know who does she think she is. I'm John Jansen. So, new scene. We're at Heather's house with Terry DeBrow. This is a very last-minute dinner party, you guys, to show Dr. Jen and Ryan what real couples do. Chefs are working away their magic in the DeBrow, um, the, the Debro Top Chef kitchen. Um, Heather says, "I'm going to check the glassware, Terry." And Terry says, "In the kitchen, she's like, is that ahi tuna?" and heather's like it's like putting on a stage production it's a little simpler than i usually do you know it's like acoustic and terry says wow the table it's it's flower you have a flower under glass what is that and uh heather's like that's a flower under glass and the menus, she printed out these menus with like fancy calligraphy, and she's like, These menus aren't right. The amuse bouche is first, is fir- it's always to delight the mouth. It's French to delight the mouth. And Terry's like, Is that what that means? <laughs> and then Terry's reading the menu. He's like, New York steak with onion rings. Ah! She's like, Yeah, I did that for you. And uh, Heather tells Terry Jen wanted Ryan to see what it's like and, he- and Terry's like Ryan and Heather goes like the river Terry uh, we cut to the car ride with Dr. Jan and Ryan and Dr Jen's like, you can talk about sports and super superficial stuff all night with Terry and Ryan's like sports aren't exactly superficial they're a metaphor for life and you're like oh shit and she's like, I know Ryan they are she said, I use a sports metaphor the other night. I gave you the other day, remember, about the basketball and you didn't pass it back? Um, Dr. Jen, on talking head, says Ryan has no idea what he's stepping into, which is always a great thing for relationships. I just said we were going to Heather's house and I asked him to wear clothes. <laughs> do you realize how demeaning she probably talks to Ryan? You know, like I hate Ryan's name, but that's fucking demeaning. They get buzzed in and uh, she explains to Ryan that they have a double gate. So they have a gated community within a gated community. And Ryan goes, that seems repetitious. We cut to Heather back at the house telling the staff to offer wine to the guests all the time. Terry is looking at himself in a mirror. and He's like, how am I looking? Oh, yeah. Looking good, Terry DeBro." And he goes, oh, tag is still on this suit. And Heather's like, Jesus Christ. And then Terry's like, isn't that how you show you're successful? You wear the tag still on it? Ryan and Jen uh, pull up and ring the doorbell. And Ryan at this point goes, why Why wouldn't you let me bring the dog? Remember, Ryan's support animal is their dog, Mr. Puppers. Um, and I just love, like, why didn't you? I love that Ryan asked, will you let me bring the dog and carry it all night? Which after this dinner, I was like, why didn't she let him bring the dog? Um, so, uh, you seem to pay a lot of attention. Oh yeah. So we get a flashback of that thing with the dog of like, put him inside. He's like, no, I don't want to put him inside. And, uh, so Ryan at their door goes, who doesn't like dogs? And, uh, they, uh, they welcome them in and Heather goes, what, what would you like to drink? And Ryan goes, water. And Heather goes with ice. And Terry says, Ryan, Water. You want vodka and gin in that water? (laughs) Terry gives a big hearty laugh. (laughs) And Ryan goes, I've never had a sip of alcohol in my entire life. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then Terry goes, Mormon or alcoholic? (laughs) And uh, he's like, yeah, no, just never. And then then Terry's like, marijuana? Cocaine? Heroin? None to all of them? Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. there's a like they're all seated in this little section, the four of them, and Ryan with his water glass, the rest of them are drinking, and they all cheers, Terry, it's very awkward, and we get a flash down. the camera flashes down because Ryan says it's a little strange to have on shoes. It's weird, and we see that he's wearing these little anklet Nike workout socks with his loafers. and you know, like it's not the proper way you would wear those. Let's say that, and he, you know, but we know that. That Ryan is kind of like Tarzan in a way. He is not used to the the big old city, you know, not used to the the ways of the city. Um, The girls get up to converse, and Terry's like, let's go downstairs and talk guy stuff. And Heather tells the uh, staff—sorry. So the guys go downstairs, and— Heather goes. Should we not have left them alone? And Doctor Jen's like, no. He's he's better with men. He's actually better with men. We go back to the the guys, and they're just sitting there looking at each other, and they both chuckle. Awkward pause, and then Terry goes, so no drinking, no drinking, and uh, he's like, nope. And then Ryan goes, well, I do a lot of a lot of sports and gambling, and he's like terry's like yes okay you do have a vice all right and he's like yeah i used to uh play poker for a living for a long time and did that until the kids were born which by the way i know a couple poker players that do it professionally and it is just what a wild life those people have. not wild like they just sit in front of their computers like 16 hours a day it's really an intense lifestyle um And so Terry goes, so you do more kid stuff than she does. She works, right? And Ryan goes, that would be fair to say. And Terry's like, I can't imagine as a guy being married to a doctor. I mean, she married the perfect person then. And Ryan says, you should mention that to her. You know, so it's already like just awkward as book. New scene, Michael and Nancy, two of Terry and Heather's friends come in. And then, uh, you know, Terry's like, Michael Bello, ladies and gentlemen. Terry's like, yeah. Michael calls Ryan, Ryan. And I'm like, that's not good. They keep pouring champagne. Jen is drinking um, Jen is telling the ladies uh, how to say Ryan He's, she's like Ryan like an orange rind uh, another couple Sarah and Paul show up that's Heather and Terry's best friends they've been together 20 years and 40 years these two couples and so she picked them because they're a good compromise they're good at compromise and family and great at communicating and being with each other and Jen and Ryan will learn a lot being around them you know they just will and and Ryan, uh, Dr. Jen lets us know, can act aloof in social situations, she tells Heather. You know, people will take it like arrogance and say, your husband's an asshole, so fingers crossed. Now, I got to say, there's something just so weird and awkward about Dr. Jen putting Ryan in this situation, knowing that he does have issues with this. Now, somebody in the So Bad It's Good uh, Facebook group, which I love the, uh, the Facebook group, uh, I asked her if I could read this because I thought it was such a great uh comment about this situation with Ryan and I'm trying to find I took a screenshot of it because I thought it was really it, it's actually really important in regards to this because Ryan does potentially I, I think there is a mild form of autism in a way with Ryan that you know we we've hinted at but also there seems to be like Dr. Jen makes fun of him and people make fun of him for this stuff. And it is funny, like, you know, just even saying the name Ryan, you know, Um, but it's also there's a bigger issue here with Ryan. And I feel it's unfair to make fun of him without pointing out that, like, yeah, there's something else going on than just him being, you know, quote unquote, weird. And it was a post saying, uh, as the mother of a neurodivergent child, I am disgusted with the Ryan situation. Um, And she included her reasoning and she wrote... It is extremely clear Ryan has some sort of atypical divergent brain. The cast, including his wife, were very clearly humiliating him for his idiosyncratic ways. He seemed beyond uncomfortable and traumatized by being bullied into the social normalities they were trying to bestow upon him. I understood not understanding or being confused by his odd behavior out of context, but Jesus Christ, Terry is a doctor for Pete's sake. How are these people so ignorant that they they can't identify that he simply has impairments and or disorder of some sort and whether he's diagnosed or not people deserve autonomy and respect regardless if you understand their thought process or preferences it just seems so gross to me like he was their entertainment for the evening felt very purge vibes to me and i thought that is such a great comment um because it really did at that dinner party seemed like at a certain point they were just laughing at all of them but even more so The onus to me falls on Dr. Jen of like, if you're having issues with your partner, you don't put him into a situation that you know he will potentially fail at just because of how he is. Um, This uh, listener uh, goes on to say... And to my point, really, let's just say for argument's sake, I'm wrong. And neurodiversity is not applicable here. He clearly was beyond uncomfortable and appeared to be displaying obvious signs of anxiety and discomfort. Why would you treat a houseguest like this? They were treating him like a clown. His wife needs to accept him for who he is. And these quote-unquote classy and the seemingly progressive Dubros need to get a clue. I mean, that is true. Like The Dubros are very progressive in so many of their thoughts on sexuality and stuff like that. But this is beyond... uh In some ways, because it really was like, let's pick on this guy. And we talk a lot on the show about social cues, reading social cues. And she's right. Ryan was clearly uncomfortable. He was sweating. He was red in the face. He was awkward. He, you know, and Dr. Jen was so hammered that she was not there helping the partner. In fact, I just knew she knew deep down that this would not go well. She just knew she had to have known. So it was very frustrating watching this. And I love to make fun of people. (laughs) I love to make fun of Ryan's name too. I do. I love to make fun of it. But it's becoming clear that there's an actual issue here. And I do wonder if like, you know, Dr. Jen's like uh, our relationship. It's like, yo, this isn't, maybe this is not about you. You know, like if, if you're not even accepting that this is beyond like a quirk, then maybe you need to actually do some more research. Dr. Jen's a doctor too. We call her Dr. Jen, old cement leg. But it is interesting because throughout this evening, it just keeps getting worse. Um, Dr. Jen has no idea what an amuse-bouche is. And then Dr. Jen is clearly wasted and telling Ron, can you scare your chair in, angulate it? <laughs> angulate She's like laughing. "Angulated, It's this way I angle. I want to be in the position where you see me. And Heather says, ah, so Jen is hammered. And Heather goes, I would like to see Jen letting loose. But the more um, the more introverted Ryan is, it's getting bad, bad, bad how hammered she is. Uh, there is a toast. And Dr. Jen goes, to women's underwear, it may not be the best thing in the world, but the closest thing to it. To the best thing in the world. And I was like, dude, did Dr. Jen just drop a vagina joke? Like a, vagi- a vagina little to- toast of to vaginas at the DeBros <laughs> relationship party. And Heather goes, Oh dear. Oh dear. Everyone laughs and, like, Well said. Vaginas all around. <laughs> Heather says, Bon appetit. Um, they're talking about condos, just rich people things. They have chopped salad comes. So we're asking, like, they're like, How did you and Ryan meet? And it's just, Weird, You know, and, and Ryan at this point has put his napkin like a barber shop, like a lobster bin. He's put and he's crunching into the Terry's onion rings. And Dr. Jen goes, can you get that down? Can you just take that down? Can you take it off? And Ryan's like, I don't want to dirty my shirt. And she's like, can you please do that for me? Can you please? What? And, and, and then Heather's like, what are we protecting? The one shirt he wears? That's in a talking head. And Ryan um, asks uh, one of the couples, how long have you been married? And the one guy goes, 40 years. Dumb luck. And Terry says, It's a roller coaster, Ryan. There's so much you have to know to get past the down times, you know, but it's worth working for. And, uh, you know, and, and Ryan's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. The other guys say, The secret is you wake up and you turn to your wife and say, I'm sorry, <laughs> because women are horrible. <laughs> Everyone laughs. And Terry says, I do that too. I do that too. <laughs> And they yeah, so they asked Ryan and, and Dr. Jen how they met, and Dr. Jen's way, so she's like, at a breakfast bo- buffet. He was wearing white Louis Vuitton sunglasses. And I'm like, who the fuck does that? And then he called me four weeks later. And she's like, we had children before we got married. I had a job offer at Harvard. And I'm like, I'm not giving up my career for a freaking man. It's Harvard. I'm going. And then Ryan started profusely sweating and he whipped out a wedding ring and asked. And Terry says, you were only willing to stay if he was willing to propose? And Heather says, Ryan, what's your side of the story? And Ryan's like, let's go with that one. And Heather's like, "No, really, what did you think in that moment?" Terry says, "I think we have to swear the witness in." Let's. <laughs> and Ryan is just red faced. You guys, I did really feel bad for him because Doctor Dennis hammer. Doctor Jen is like, "You had a lot of, you had a lot of work stuff going on at the Ritz Carlton." Like I don't know what she was babbling about. And Heather said, "It just, it just." Ryan is completely uncomfortable. And Heather's like, no, let Ryan talk. It's your floor. And Ryan says, I'm still just going to go with what she said. And Heather in the talking says, I don't know if Jenna is scared. He's going to say something different than her. And Dr. Jenna at this point goes, Ryan, kiss me on the lips. Kiss me on the lips. And he gives her a peck. And she's like, no, like we're married. (laughs) Heather says, I'm sorry. I am, um, uh, you know, I am connoisseuring everything in front of me on a drinking scale—oh, no, no, sorry. Jen says, I'm sorry, I'm connoisseuring kind of everything in front of me. I'm on a drinking scale right now. This wine is fantastic. And then Heather's like, wait until you taste the 2013. And uh, Charles Shaw has a great 2013— and Doctor Zen's like very good, very good. She keeps saying very good, very good, very good. I may seem drunk, but I am just con. She announces, I may seem drunk, but I'm concentrating. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. And uh, and then Doctor Zen goes, I don't give a fuck who you're like. Who's judging who? It's really good wine. It's really good. And then she looks at Ryan. She goes, You're so amazing. I fucking love you. And the lady's pouring more wine. She goes, hey, can you fill it up to the top every time? Ryan looks panicked, you guys. He looks panicked. He gets up, and Dr. Jen's like, where are you going? And he goes, you need to stop drinking. You need to stop drinking. Dr. Jen's like, it's really good wine. And he goes, I know, I know. And Terry says to end the evening to let's toast to well-established friends and newly-established friends. They'll never get invited back to another party by their bros ever. Ryan, at this point, is sitting in another room on his phone, and Heather says, getting hammered was uh, the opposite of what I wanted to happen tonight. Also, Ryan is chewing a massive wad of gum. Like, he's just nervously chewing gum. And Dr. Jen says, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring anything up inappropriate. And Dr. Jen can barely walk out of there. I'm like, oh, she's going to fall. She's going to fall. And I and she says, I fucking love Heather DeBros. She's awesome as they're walking out. Heather and the rest of the gang are still at dinner. And they leave, like Ryan and Dr. Jen leave, and Heather goes, I didn't share with you, but they're going through rough waters right now, (laughs) no shit. And the one lady goes, he's very shy, he's very shy. And in the car, Dr. Jen tells Ryan, babe, you did so awesome in there. We go back to the dinner, and Terry's like, it's cool to hang out with, right, right, you know, it's totally cool. And we go back to Dr. Dan and Ryan in the car. And she's like, I literally want to collapse in your arms right now. Can we do that? Can we do that? And she leans up against Ryan. She's like, put your arms around me. And then she immediately takes a nap. And then Ryan is talking to the driver. And he's like, they fled to a flash forward. And he's like, 45 minutes of cardio before you eat? Like he's in an engrossing conversation about exercise with the driver. We go back to the DeBros, And they're like, nice guy. Great guy. Nice guy. And then Terry goes, yeah, but let's be honest, they're a mess. <laughs> and then they all like do a rich person laugh. They're like, let's laugh at those people. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then next time we finally get the Heather Bro New York trip. Emily FaceTimed Shannon or some bullshit with the Shannon Gina thing that happens over FaceTime. We have Noella naked hopping into a pool. Shannon's dog Archie hops in. Archie's like, let's get some. Uh, We see Dr. Jen with a therapist and she's like, am I mean? I thought I put out kindness. And then we have Shannon saying, Gina needs to put a pin in it. You guys, that is it. We had a massive episode today. Uh, We did it. Five episodes this week. I hope you uh, enjoy these. And if you don't, just don't tell me about it. Um, I hope you have the best weekend ever. Um, I really do. Like I say, do something fun. Let me know what you do. Um, And uh, I really appreciate you and your ears spending some time with me. So uh, we will talk to you bright and early on Monday. And uh, that's it. Have a great weekend, you guys. Bye. Oh, if you like it, give it a good review. Bye. Betches.